Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Babes Who Manifest podcast. I am your host, Luanza, aka The Gratitude Chick. This episode is sponsored by Goalie Gummies, a perfect addition to your wellness routine. Are you looking for a delicious way to support your overall health? Goalie ACV gummies are made with vitamin B9 and B12 to help support healthy nutrient metabolism and immune function. I have partnered with Goalie to give all of my listeners 20% off and free shipping. Use my coupon code at checkout, the gratitude chick, all one word, to take advantage of this offer. Their website is www.goli.com. That is www.goli.com. Also, don't forget to follow me on all of my social media platforms at The Gratitude Chick for Facebook and Instagram, at Babes Who Manifest Podcast for Facebook and Instagram, at Babes Who Manifest for TikTok, and Gratitude underscore Chick for Twitter. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Your Reading Corner with the Gratitude Chick. Um, I do want to apologize for yesterday's episode and the audio. Um, It, (laughs) something was plugged into the audio jack, and I didn't realize it until after I had posted the episode. And it was just, you know, it was a lot to re-record, so... I listened to some of it and I feel like you can still hear it. Um, So, um, and it wasn't too staticky. So, actually, I didn't really hear any static, but it was just kind of muffled. So, I hope that because my voice is loud, you can still hear yesterday's episode. I do apologize. And actually, to be honest with you, I didn't realize it until I went to record for today's episode that there was something plugged into the audio jack. Oh, Oh, I really hate when that happens. Anyway, um, as I discussed with you guys on Tuesday, we have decided to, or excuse me, I have decided to move on from that book and just kind of table it. And, you know, I am a avid reader. I am a bibliophile. So I don't like um, leaving books half finished. Um, I try not to, but, you know, that's just kind of my own thing. But I already have a book that's half finished, which is The Game of Life and How to Play It. We are going to finish that book after this one. And we may come back to this book. It is just, you know, I think that I was so excited to read it myself that I decided to read it for the podcast, not realizing how long it was. It is over 300 pages. So I am not sure if I'll finish it anytime soon for the podcast, but we'll see. I think that um, it is saying good stuff, but really in, 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 in reality, the power of your subconscious mind that I finished, and no matter, really, no matter how many pages that was, I was going to finish that book for you guys. I really think that we can just kind of table that entire book and just go back to the power of your subconscious mind. I really do think so. 
Um, so I, I don't know. We'll we'll see if we finish that one. Maybe sometime later on this year. But for now, we are moving on to a new book. This one is shorter. It is called The Science of Getting Rich by Wallace Waddles. Now, <clears throat> for those of you who don't know, Wallace Waddles was an American New Thought writer. That is what they called them um, back in the late 1800s. He was born in 1860 and died in 1911. So what that tells you and definitely tells me is that this book is well over 100 years old. Well over. He has been dead for 111 years. So this book is well over 100 years old. So as a result, I want you guys to really um, not concern yourself with maybe the ideologies of maybe gender that may come out. You know, we've heard these things in the past. So I don't want you guys to get caught up on stuff that people believed over 100 years ago as far as, you know, gender and equality and things like that. The reason we are even reading the book is because he believes that there is a science to getting rich. So let's start with chapter one. The chapter one is called The Right to Be Rich. Whatever may be said in praise of poverty, the fact remains that it is not possible to live a really complete or successful life unless one is rich. No man can rise to his greatest possible height in talent or soul development unless he has plenty of money. For to unfold the soul and to develop talent, he must have many things to use and he cannot have these things unless he has money to buy them with. A man develops in mind, soul, and body by making use of things in society. Wait, by making use of things and society is so unorganized that man must have money in order to become the possessor of things. Therefore, the basis of all advancement for man must be the science of getting rich. The object of all life is development and everything that lives has an inalienable right to all the development it is capable of attaining. I agree with that. Man's right to life means his right to have the free and unrestricted use of all the things which may be necessary to his fullest mental, spiritual, and physical unfoldment, or in other words, his right to be rich. In this book, I shall not speak of riches in a figurative way. To be really rich does not mean to be satisfied or contented with a little. No man ought to be satisfied with a little if he is capable of using and enjoying more. The purpose of nature is the advancement and unfoldment of life. And every man should have all that can contribute to the power, elegance, beauty, and riches of life. To be contented with less is sinful. The man who owns all he wants for the living of all the life he is capable of living is rich. And no man who has not plenty of money can have all he wants. What do you guys think of that? There are so many people that I know that are religious um, that thinks that money is evil. That think that the attainment and the going after it is evil. So what do you guys think? 
Life has advanced so far and become so complex that even the most ordinary man or woman requires a great amount of wealth in order to live in a manner that even approaches completeness. And that's crazy because this was written over 100 years ago. Imagine what he would say today. Every person naturally wants to become all that they are capable of becoming. This desire to realize innate possibilities is inherent in human nature. We cannot help wanting to be all that we can be. Success in life is becoming what you want to be. You become, you can become what you want to be only by making use of things and you can have the free use of things only as you become rich enough to buy them. To understand the science of getting rich is therefore the most essential of all knowledge. There is nothing wrong in wanting to get rich. The desire for riches is really the desire for a richer, fuller, and more abundant life, and that desire is praiseworthy. The man who does not desire to live more abundantly is abnormal. So the man who does not desire to have money enough to buy all he wants is abnormal. There are three motives for which we live. We live for the body, we live for the mind, we live for the soul. No one of these is better or holier than the other. All are alike, desirable, and no one of these three, body, mind, or soul, can live fully. If either of the others is cut, cut short of, of full life and expression, it is not right or noble to live only for the soul and deny mind or body. And it is wrong to live for the intellect and deny body or soul. This book is very choppy. <laughs> I wish I could show you a picture. Because I'm reading it on my Kindle, it's like every, it's not even sentences that are paragraphs. It's just, I don't understand how the editing happened. And I keep reminding myself, this was all written over 100 years ago, but I feel that whoever uploaded this to Kindle, um, to, you know, Amazon should have did a better job of this. We are all acquainted with the loathsome consequences of living for the body and denying both mind and soul. And we see that real life means the complete expression of all that man can give forth through body, mind, and soul. Whatever he can say, no man can be really happy or satisfied unless his body is living fully in every function and unless the same is true of his mind and his soul. Wherever there is unexpressed possibility or function not performed, there is unsatisfied desire. Desire is possibility seeking expression or function seeking performance. Okay, that's a good... I think I've heard this before. Have you guys heard this before? Desire is possibility seeking expression or function seeking performance. I've heard that before. I had no idea it was Wallace Waddles who said it, though. Man cannot live fully in body without good food, comfortable clothing, and warm shelter, and without freedom from excessive toil. That's, that's amazing since he was born when um, slavery was still around. That's amazing that he said that. Rest and recreation are also necessary to his physical life. He cannot live fully in mind without books and time to study them, without opportunity for travel and observation, or without intellectual companionship. To live fully in mind, he must have intellectual recreations and must surround himself with all the objects of art and beauty he is capable of using and appreciating. To live fully in soul, man must have love, 
and love is denied expression by poverty. Hmm. What do you guys think of that? Because it's a lot of impoverished people who have husbands and wives and boyfriends and girlfriends and things like that. But he says, to live fully in soul, man must have love, and love is denied expression by poverty. Okay, so maybe he's saying that the expression part is the giving of gifts. Uh, a lot of people, that is their love language, you know, giving of gifts or receiving of gifts, you know. So maybe that's the expression he's talking about. A man's highest happiness is found in the bestowal of benefits on those he loves. Uh, there we go. <laughs> love finds its most natural and spontaneous expression in giving. The man who has nothing to give cannot fill his place as a husband or father, as a citizen or as a man. It is in the use of material things that a man finds full life, for his body develops his mind and unfolds his soul. It is therefore of supreme importance to him that he should be rich. And again, this was written over 100 years ago, so he's only speaking of the male. Back then, women did not have rights and did not work, so this is why it's geared to men. It is perfectly right that you should desire to be rich. If you are a normal man or woman, oh, okay, you cannot help doing so. It is perfectly right that you should give your best attention to the science of getting rich, for it is the noblest and most necessary of all studies. If you neglect the study, you are derelict in your duty to yourself, to God, and humanity, for you can render to God and humanity no greater service than to make the most of yourself. So we are only 12 minutes in and we finished chapter one. See, you see how fast? But we're going to go on to chapter two. Chapter two, there is a science. Hold on. There is a science of getting rich and it is an exact science like algebra or arithmetic. There are certain laws which govern the process of acquiring riches. Once these laws are learned and obeyed by any man, he will get rich with mathematical certainty. The ownership of money and property comes as a result of doing things in a certain way. Those who do things in this certain way, whether on purpose or accidentally, get rich. While those who do not do things in this certain way, no matter how hard they work or how able they are, remain poor. It is a natural law that like causes always produce like effects. And therefore, any man or woman who learns to do things in this certain way will infallible, infallible, infallibly, what is wrong with my tongue? Infallibly, I don't even think I pronounced that right then, get rich. But you guys know what I'm saying. That the above statement is true is shown by the following facts. Getting rich is not a matter of environment, for if it were, all the people in certain neighborhoods would become wealthy. The people of one city would all be rich, while those of other towns would all be poor, or the inhabitants of one state would roll in wealth, while those of an adjoining state would be in poverty. And this is for the naysayers out there who think that all white people, and I hate to, you know, speak of race, but there are people out there who believe that all white people, you know, are inherently wealthy or all of them have 800 credit scores. When in actuality, that would not be correct based on what he's saying. 
So I'm, I'm just, I'm not going to speak for him. I'm going to let the book speak. But everywhere we see rich and poor living side by side in the same environment and often engaged in, in the same vocations. And this is true. How many people work for Chase Bank that are poor by J.P. Morgan standards? They work the same. They're in the same vocation. One is the owner. One is the worker. One is a billionaire. One makes an hourly wage, right? Same for Bank of America. Same for any corporation. Same vocation. One is a millionaire, billionaire. One is an hourly worker, right? When two men are in the same locality and in the same business and one gets rich while the other remains poor, it shows that getting rich is not primarily a matter of environment. Some environments may be more favorable than others, but when two men in the same business are in the same neighborhood and one gets rich while the other fails, it indicates that getting rich is the result of doing things in a certain way. And further, the ability to do things in this certain way is not due solely to the possession of talent. For many people who have great talent remain poor, while others who have very little talent get rich. And I am going to stop here just to, to say, you know, I'm, I'm going to use this in today's language, especially for the children or the kids. I must use TikTok. There is this little girl on TikTok. I don't know her name. But when I say how many followers she has, you'll know the people who are on TikTok, um, especially the kids, will know. I want to say her name is Julie, but I don't think that is correct. But she has she has the most followers on TikTok, and it's something like 140 million followers. And what that has translated to her, <clears throat> and, and literally she started TikTok during quarantine, right? She was 16. And this year, I think she's graduating from high school and she's graduating as a multimillionaire because having 140 million followers means she's already been in several commercials like Old Navy um, and whatever else, you know, I've seen her in the Old Navy commercial. That's the way I can say Old Navy. And whatever other, you know, big conglomerates advertise on TikTok, she's been in these TikToks. And, and, and excuse me, in those advertisements. But also more than that, she gets paid to post. And when you have 140 million followers and each of your posts has multiple millions of likes and views, what that translates into is probably, I don't know, she gets maybe, I'll say something conservative as in $12 per a thousand views <coughs> right so if she's getting millions of views 10 million 100 million views you're talking about someone who's probably making about 100,000 200 300,000 dollars per post right and then you have an, and and when i say she she's she got really i don't even know what she does because I see her do the TikTok dances and that's all I see her do. But she has all these followers and now she's graduating from high school as a multimillionaire. And that's a lot of these TikTok stars and even YouTube stars. These kids have leveraged these, these social media apps to become millionaires as 
kids. But then you have people who are trying to start off in that, you know, do the same thing. And they aren't quite breaking in that way. So then what is the difference in this young lady and this young lady over here? I've heard people say, oh, she's white and this one's black. But is that the truth? Because I follow a guy who is black and he has like 50 million followers and he may, he's a multimillionaire. So is it about race? It can't be. So that is what, what I wanted to say as far as that is concerned, that these apps are making these kids super rich. And Okay, let me go back to reading. Studying the people who have got rich, we find that they are an average lot in all respects, having no greater talents and abilities than other men. It is evident that they do not get rich because they possess talents and abilities that other men have not, but because they happen to do things in a certain way. Getting rich is not the result of saving or thrift. Many very penurious people are poor, while free spenders often get rich. Nor is getting rich due to, due to doing things which others fail to do. For two men in the same business often do almost exactly the same things and one gets rich while the other remains poor or becomes bankrupt. bankrupt. And this is what I was saying about TikTok. There's nothing special that I've seen about this young lady. She does the same dances as everyone else, but somehow she has the followers and now is rich while other people don't. The, even the creators of the dances that she does, they don't. But she's using their dances and their their um, content, their creations to make herself rich. Right? <clears throat> From all these things, we must come to the conclusion that getting rich is the result of doing things in a certain way. If getting rich is the, the result of doing things in a certain way, and if like causes also always produce like effects, then any man or woman who can do things in that way can become rich, and the whole matter is brought within the domain of exact science. The question arises here whether this certain way may not be so difficult that only a few may follow it. This cannot be true, as we have seen, so far as natural ability is concerned. Talented people get rich and blockheads get rich. Intellectually brilliant people get rich and very stupid people get rich. Physically strong people get rich and weak and sickly people get rich. Some degree of ability to think and understand is of course essential, but in so far natural ability is concerned, any man or woman who has sense enough to read and understand these words can certainly get rich. Also, we have seen that it is not a matter of environment. Location counts for something. One would not go to the heart of the Sahara and expect to do successful business. Getting rich involves the necessity, necessity of dealing with men and of being where there are people to deal with. And if these people are inclined to deal in the way you want to deal, so much the better. But that is about as far as environment goes. If anybody else in your town can get rich, so can you. And if anybody else in your state can get rich, so can you. Again, it is not a matter of choosing some particular business or profession. People get rich in every business and in every profession, 
while their next door neighbors in the same vocation remains in poverty. And I'll even say this, if you look at these rappers and things, why does Cardi B have such a huge following and and her songs are so popular? I I do not understand. (laughs) I don't. I, I don't understand it. But then you have somebody else who writes their own music and, you know, articulates better, who just can't make it. This is what he's saying by it could be the same vocation. It, it, it There has to be a certain way. There's something that she's doing that Cardi B is doing that these other girls are not. The reason why every time she drops a song, it goes straight to the, the billboard and all these other girls are struggling. There is something. It is true that you will do best in a business which you like and which is congenial to you. And if you have certain talents which are well-developed, you will do best in a business which calls for the exercise of those talents. Also, you will do best in a business which is suited to your locality. An ice cream parlor would do better in a warm climate than in Greenland. And a salmon a, mm, salmon fishery will succeed better in the Northwest than in Florida, where there are no salmon. But aside from these general limitations, getting rich is not dependent upon your engaging in some particular business, but upon your learning to do things in a certain way. If you are now in business and anybody else in your locality is getting rich in the same business, while you are not getting rich, it is because you are not doing things in the same way that the other person is doing them. And that even goes for this podcast. I am not making money from this podcast, but there are others who start start podcasting. It's off to the races for them. So what is the difference between my podcast and theirs? I have over 200 episodes. And if I do say so myself, I have good content. So what is the difference between mine and theirs? Let's find out. (laughs) No one is prevented from getting rich by lack of capital True, as you get capital, the increase becomes more easy and rapid. But one who has capital is already rich and does not need to consider how to become so. No matter how poor you may be, if you begin to do things in a certain way, you will begin to get rich and you will begin to have capital. The getting of capital is a part of the process of getting rich. And it is a part of the result which invariably follows the doing of things in the certain way. What is this certain way? You may be the poorest man on the continent and be deeply in debt. You may have neither friends, influence, nor resources. But if you begin to do things in this way, you must infallibly, there's that word, begin to get rich. For like causes, much produce like effects. If you have no capital, you can get capital. If you are in the wrong business, you can get into the right business. If you are in the wrong location, you can go to the right location. And you can do so by beginning in your present business and in your present location to do the things in a certain way, which causes success. So that was chapter two. And in chapter two, we have still not figured out what the certain way is. <laughs> Now, we're only 26 minutes in, and it says that chapter 3 is only 9 minutes. So, should we keep going? I'm going to keep going. 
Chapter three, is opportunity monopolized? No man is kept poor because opportunity has been taken away from him. Because other people have monopolized the wealth and have put a fence around it. You may be shut shut off from engaging in business in certain lines, but there are other channels open to you. Probably it would be hard for you to get control of any of the great real world systems. That field is pretty well monopolized. But the electric railway business is still in its infancy and offers plenty of scope for enterprises. It is not in its infancy, guys. Do not try to do this. (laughs) And it will be but a very few years until traffic and transportation through the air will become a great industry and all its branches will give employment to hundreds of thousands and perhaps to millions of people. Why not turn your attention to the development of aerial transportation instead of competing with J.J. Hill and others for a chance in the steam world, railway world. It's so crazy to even hear him say this or to read him say this. It is quite true that if you are work, if he even knew, if he even saw that people like Elon Musk, you know, have conquered the world of transportation and now just bought Twitter, like he... Sometimes I would, I wonder what these guys would do if they woke up in our world today and just see how far technology has advanced. It'll probably blow their minds. If you are working in the employee of the steel trust, you have very little chance of becoming the owner of the plant in which you work. But it is also true that if you will commence to act in a certain way, you can soon leave the employee of the steel trust. You can buy a farm of from 10 to 40 acres and engage in business as a producer of foodstuffs. There is great opportunity at this time for men who will live upon small tracts of land and cultivate the same intensively. <clears throat> I'm sorry, and cultivate the same intensively. Such men will certainly get rich. And that that's crazy. How even back then, over a hundred years ago, they didn't really have that much opportunity. And in order to become your own business, a lot of people just had to become farmers. But to, in today's world, you literally can go on TikTok and become a millionaire. Isn't that crazy? Isn't that crazy? You can buy Bitcoin when it you know, first comes out at a penny. And fast forward 10 years and you're maybe even a billionaire. Isn't that crazy? Wow. You may say that it is impossible for you to get the land, but I am going to prove to you that it is not impossible and that you can certainly get a farm if you go to work in a certain way. At different periods, the tide of opportunity sets in different directions, according to the needs of the whole and the particular stage of social evolution, which has been reached. At present in America, it is setting toward agriculture and the allied industries and professions. Today, opportunity is open before the factory worker in his line. It is open before the businessman who supplies the farmer more than before the one who supplies the factory worker. And before the professional man who waits upon the farmer more than before the one who serves the working class. There is abundance of opportunity for the man who will go with the tide instead of trying to swim against it. So the factory workers, either as individuals or as a class, are not deprived of opportunity. The workers are not being kept down by their masters. They are not being ground by the trust and combination of capital. 
uh, as class, as a class, they are where they are because they do not do things in a certain way. If the workers of America choose to do so, they could follow the example of their brothers in Belgium and other countries and establish great department stores and cooperative industries that could elect men of their own class to office, this book, and pass laws favoring the development of such cooperative industries, and in a few years, they could take peaceable possession of the industrial field. The working class may become the master class whenever they will begin to do things in a certain way. The law of wealth is the same for them as it is for all others. This they must learn, and they will remain where they are as long as they continue to do as they do. The individual worker, however, is not held down by the ignorance or the mental slothfulness of his class. He can follow the tide of opportunity to riches, and this book will tell him how. No one is kept in poverty by a shortness in the supply of riches. There is more than enough for all. A palace as large as the Capitol at Washington might be built for every family on earth from the building material in the United States alone. And under intensive cultivation, this country would produce wool, cotton, linen, and silk enough to clothe each person and the world finer than Solomon was arrayed in all his glory, together with food enough to feed them all luxuriously. The visibly, excuse me, the visible supply is practically inexhaustible and the invisible supply really is inexhaustible. Everything you see on earth is made from one original substance out of which all things proceed. New forms are constantly being made and older ones are dissolving, but all are shaped assumed by the one thing. There is no limit to the supply of formless stuff or original substance. The universe is made out of it, but it was not all used in making the universe. The spaces in, through, and between the forms of the visible universe are permeated and filled with the original substance, with the formless stuff, with the raw material of all things. 10,000 times as much as has been made might still be made, and even then, we should not have exhausted the supply of universal raw material. No man, therefore, is poor because nature is poor or because there is not enough to go around. Nature is an inexhaustible storehouse of riches. The supply will never run short. Original substance is alive with creative energy and is constantly producing more forms. When the supply of building materials is exhausted, more will be produced. When the soil is exhausted so that foodstuffs and materials for clothing will no longer grow upon it, it will be renewed or more soil will be made. When all the gold and silver has been dug from the earth, if man is still in such a stage of social development that he needs gold and silver, more will be produced from the formless. The formless stuff responds to the needs of a man. It will not let him be without any good thing. This is true of man collectively. The race as a whole is always abundantly rich. And if individuals are poor, it is because they do not follow the certain way of doing things which makes the individual man rich. The formless stuff is intelligent. It is stuff which thinks it is alive. 
No, no, no. The formless stuff is intelligent. It is stuff which thinks. It is alive and it is always impelled toward more life. I feel like he's calling God the formless stuff. Or maybe he's talking about the universe. I don't know. It is the natural and inherent impulse of life to seek to live more. It is the nature of intelligence to enlarge itself and of consciousness to seek to extend its boundaries and find fuller expression. The universe of forms has been made by formless living. Substance, throwing itself into form in order to express itself more fully. The universe is a great living presence, always moving inherently toward more life and fuller functioning. Nature is formed for the advancement of life. It's impelling the motive. It's impelling motive is the increase of life. For this cause, everything which can possibly minister to life is bountifully provided. There can be no lack unless God is to contradict himself and nullify his own works. Mercy. You are not kept poor by lack in the supply of riches. It is a fact which I shall demonstrate a little further on that even the resources of the formless supply are at the command of the man or woman will act and think in a certain way. Okay, so we have made it through the first three chapters. And by my estimation, we have made it uh, a fifth of the way through the book already. So we are doing well, I think. Okay, so we're going to stop right here and Tuesday we'll pick it back up on chapter four. Thank you guys so much for tuning in today. I am so sorry for the tripping over the words. It is the way this book has been uploaded and it's just very choppy. So I, I apologize. Don't forget to add gratitude as a daily practice in your life. I promise you your life will change once you add the daily practice of gratitude. You guys have a blessed day. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Babes Who Manifest podcast. I am your host, Luanza, aka The Gratitude Chick. Don't forget to subscribe and give my podcast five stars. If you have not already, join my Facebook group, Babes Who Manifest. Thank you.